The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And a beautiful, cool type of day for many folks across the upper Midwest, which hopefully means, Sue, we've got wind blowing here, so maybe we can dry out some fields for producers to get these uh, last-minute corn and the beans in the ground. And looking at the markets, weather will continue to be a talking factor, but these soybeans, it's nice to see some double-digit gains for them. Well, it is. And, of course, you know, on uh, Tuesday, the USDA came out with a pretty negative, it wasn't friendly, uh, soybean report showing the yield and the acres unchanged, finding 70 million more bushels of old crop beans, and then that going into the carryout. So it was a negative report, um, and beans would have probably wanted to go down, but the market's loaded short anyway. And then on top of it, uh, the forecast this morning comes in, and it's looking pretty wet for the next seven days, talking um, up to four inches of rain of general coverage, eastern half of Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and part of Michigan. And then the rest of the areas of the Midwest of the Corn Belt gets up to an inch. And so that set the market on fire for the beans because they have the most to be planted now that's going to get planted and they don't need any delays. And so that put the market, you know, co- created uh, short covering and the beans started to run. And they got up today, um, you know, they were up almost 25 cents. And, but then as the day wore on, the market kind of fell back. But we do believe that as you go towards option expiration, which is on the 21st, so a week from Friday, that um, if the beans can push to the $9 level on July beans, they'll basically take most all the calls with any open interest, uh, you know, free. And then they'll also take the biggest portion of puts free as well. There'll be some that'll still be in the money, but the majority will be free. And so they'll clean house on, on the open interest. And so we think the beans might still turn around in here and try to push between now and next uh, Friday, a week from Friday, uh, to that $9 level. Now, the corn market, um, and everybody will be watching the forecast. Our weather sources don't agree with this wet, wet forecast. We'll see who's right and who's wrong. I remember before when uh, GFS was calling for how nice and warm it was going to be and dry in May, about maybe it was mid-May, I can't remember, but um, there was like a a seven-day window there, and ours said it might be warmer, but it's not going to be dry. It'll be more wet, and they were right. Um, Our sources are talking differently. They believe that we're going in, that the month of June was going, and they were calling for a wet May long before most others, and they were also calling for a turn in the pattern around the first few days of June. We've gotten that. And they're continuing to say that the last half of June is going to be hot and actually hotter and drier. Now, the GFS is saying hotter. They're agreeing on temps, but saying wetter. And our services are also saying, implying that as we go into July, that we will remain 
hotter and and possibly more drier but as you get towards the end of june july uh towards the end early days of august it flips again and goes back to the cool wet pattern and then it stays there through into well into harvest so many concerns as as you look at this we've got the insurance still to still looming the preventive plants still being talked about are those all going to continue to feed into what we're seeing in these prices well, I think so. Um, you know, the prevent plant, an example, I had a client yesterday tell me from South Dakota that he only had about 30% of his corn in. And he said, you know, I've mudded that in. And he said, I'm getting tired of trying to plant corn. And he said, I haven't even started beans yet. And he said, I'm thinking I'm not going to plant beans. And he said, I'm going to take prevent plant. And he said, there's a lot of, a lot of guys up here feeling the same way because it's just we're fighting it. Um, I had another client send me a picture of his field out of uh, South Dakota and asked me what I thought. And, of course, it looked pretty sparse. And the corn was light in color and spindly and pretty sparse in stands. Now, another client from out in Nebraska sent me a picture of his fields, and they were drop-dead gorgeous. So uh, Nebraska is kind of the darling state, actually, this year. Iowa maybe in some areas not so bad, kind of almost in that path. But there's still areas, especially south of I-80, uh, that has a lot of issues as well in Iowa. Did your what are your thoughts on the, on the WASD report of yesterday? Did, were you caught by surprise by when they changed the the numbers in, oh. the, in the soybeans? Yes, yeah, I was really surprised. One, I was surprised they found more product of both uh, because we already have farmers holding a record amount of old crop corn and beans, especially corn, going into summer uh, than normal. But on the same token, I was very surprised that they lowered the yield as much as they did. Um, they lowered it, you know, four-tenths of a bushel or half a bushel in May, and then they took 10 bushels off here in June. And it's early. Uh, we're just getting the corn up out of the ground. So I thought that was real interesting to see. And, of course, 3 million acres. Most of those acres are acres that were along the rivers um, that are just flooded all the way down from north to south. And so that doesn't surprise me, but um, it certainly set the tone because we've never known, or it's been a long time since I can recall, the USDA being so uh, proactive and uh, being so aggressive to get with the program of you know, making changes. Um, I think it tells you there's more to come. It also tells you just how important the rest of the growing season is to be perfect. If it's not, we're going to see continued drops in yields. And we aren't even talking, Susan, about the, the failed acres, the acres that where all the water leaches out from ponds. Sound folks, we've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin's joining us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And we look, switch over to the livestock, uh, hog market that is, that's really kind of had some some mixed market trade. There's some pressure building in. But during the commercial break, you called it a little bit of maybe cleansing going on in the trade? Well, I think so. Um, when I look at the hog market, you know, go back and look at last November 23rd. And from November 23rd to um, uh, February 20th, the market broke 20, just shy of $21. And 
the market had gotten load up, loaded up long from August and on forward, and so they cleansed the market. And, and what was causing that was also the fact that you had hogs being liquidated right and left in China. So it was thought all that product was going on to the meat markets. Then the market took off and it rallied and made new highs for the year. Uh, it rallied 21, little over $21, like $21.12, something like that. And now, once again, everybody jumped on board and now the market's falling and everybody's saying, well, China's not taking U.S. pork. Oh yeah, they are. They're taking a record amount of pork compared to their historical pattern. But the thing is, China is importing water buffalo from India. They're importing sheep. They're importing, and I don't understand this one, uh, poultry, or not poultry, but pork from Russia, who has fought African swine fever for years. And they're also increasing their aquaculture and their um, bird or poultry production. So they're trying to make ways of expanding their their proteins. Now, having said that, uh, warehouses, as of July 1st, will be um, basically uh, inspected. And any uh, African swine fever, any pork with African swine fever on it, the whole plant or the whole warehouse is cleaned. It's all destroyed, and then they, you know, are clean out and start over. Well, that means they lose money. So these warehouses have been dumping pork onto the consumer chain and into the channels to the consumer. And basically, that pork being dumped is creating them to not be buying as much pork from, you know, or the expectation that they need to be buying it from the U.S. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of carcasses, of hog carcasses floating up onto the shores of Taiwan. So China's been dumping hogs into the ocean. And this is all a concern. It tells you how bad the situation is. And so I think that when you look at China, their food inflation is 7.7% higher than it was a year ago. It was up, I want to say, don't hold me to this, 18%, I think, in April. And it wasn't much less than that in maybe 15% or something like that in May. And bottom line is it's up appreciably. So the country needs pork. But here's the other thing. You know, everybody got pedal to the metal long again so the market's cleansing right now but it also is that the june options go off the board on friday a week from well actually it's this friday in two days no i take it back it's a week from friday and they go off the board and i think now i take that back again susan i apologize it's on the 14th which is this friday those options expire with the contract and when they expire they are going to um, basically uh, take, I think, a lot of call options worthless. And once we get that out of the way, then maybe the market will get better. But until they get those June options all wiped out and clean, I think the market's going to remain a little bit apprehensive. We haven't done our wave counts on them, and we should, because they might have, the way they've broken, we they may have come to a another level where there's going to be some support, but we remain bullish hogs longer term. Looking at though, we have not seen, and I, I you and I were talking about this in the commercial break, I hope I didn't, don't do a jinx here, but not a lot has been talked about African swine fever spreading beyond the recent announcement to North Korea. 
Yes, it is. It's in North Korea, which is sad because, excuse me, North Korea is a country that is very hungry. Their people are starving. And so to have that happen is really sad. But they'll eat it. They'll eat the pork because they have to have it. Um, and it's supposedly not going to jump to humans. But um, so they're going to eat it. You've got Vietnam, Mongolia. It's it's a big concern. And now with carcasses moving up onto the shores of Taiwan, I wouldn't be surprised how long it is before Taiwan has it too. So it's a big deal. And, uh, of course, um, you know, it's it's been moving. And I don't visualize. I'm not sure. You don't hear much talk about Vietnam and how they're trying to eradicate it. But Vietnam will try to um, eat their way through it. What are some of the best ways for producers to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. Thanks so much, Sue Martin, joining us today. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.